This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. You know what, Dave? We uh, we had our 300th episode last week. <laughs> you may have missed the... Uh, I had no idea, did you? <laughs> no. I had no idea. I mean, I knew it was coming up, but yeah. I just I, I hadn't thought about it, really. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we missed the fanfare. We missed yeah. the marching bands. Yeah, the, the Rick and Dave dancers didn't I mean, come, though, all that. Uh, yeah, the solid gold dancers. We had everything lined up, and, and then... Oh, oh, shit, was that this week? <laughs> um, you know what? I, I don't know what's more amazing, that we've stuck to something this long. Yeah. Or that we've managed to do 300 episodes with never repeating a story or a joke. <laughs> oh, yeah, never. Never. 100% original content every week, Rick. You could, I defy all of our listeners to find when we have repeated ourselves. Listen, I th- all 300 episodes are still in the podcast sphere, right? Yeah. Yeah, you can listen to any, you can listen to any and all of them. Um, although I do, now that you've mentioned that... Uh, is there something? I have a clip that I'm going to play later on in the show for you. Okay. All right. I don't want to. Okay. I don't want to waste it now. But okay. uh, it it uh, is something to do with what we were just talking about. Okay. All right. So uh, you have a bunch of stories ready to go, and I do too, because Minutia Men time is now. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast, an Opi production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. So we started in seventeen, no, sixteen, sixteen, twenty sixteen. Well before the election, right? Yeah, we started during the uh, Obama presidency. So <laughs> so I imagine there's going to be some... There's no way Donald Trump could possibly oh, win. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Without question. That's in yeah. there. Yeah. But that's, that's who we are. Hey, Rick, to give you an idea how great our show is going to be today. Yeah. Um, there's a story about Pamela Anderson realizing that her boyfriend was cheating on her when she saw him washing his penis in the kitchen sink. Yeah. And that didn't make the cut. Wow. <laughs> right. So, but I'm able, I wanted wow. to make sure that, that everybody can Google Pam. Everybody Google <laughs> Pamela Anderson penis kitchen sink, and you're going to get a great story. Wow. You know, I was just thinking, and I, I wanted to uh, put this on our, our social media when people were congratulating us on our mm-hmm. 300th episode. Um, I wanted to say, boy, that's a lot of penis jokes. <laughs> but I thought maybe, you know, like my mom sees that. <laughs> she doesn't realize that we're telling penis jokes. Well, she doesn't just, listen? You know, it's kind of surprising, but no, she does not listen. Um, yeah, how many penis jokes do you think? 300 episodes? Oh, at least 11,000? Something like that, yeah, I'd say. All right, so go ahead. Well, here, this uh, th- this is a, this is a story that I think, um, I think it's going to serve as a roadmap for what not to do. Alert. Alert. Dave, you've already told this story on a previous episode of Minutia Men. That's the end of the alert. End of alert. Alert over. I don't think I have, but it's possible. I love it how it's me. It's always me that's the problem for telling the same joke. Uh, it took me a while to find that. Sorry. Okay. Headline. Suspected drug dealer and inadvertently shows police a video of his huge cannabis farm while trying to access Google Translate. Wow. Wait, uh, wait. Is this, uh, would this be a Jenkins? Oh, yes, it would be. Yes. Okay, do you got here, that? I do. Right here. When you're on the job and you're not doing it right. Jenkins! Time now for Dave to share stories of employee screw-ups. Jenkins! It could only be Jenkins! Jenkins! With Rick and Dave. Jenkins! On Wednesday evening, officers were on patrol in the Rayton Bridge area of Huttonley Spring in 
I said that with a German accent, but it's actually the UK. Okay. <laughs> uh, when they saw a gray Mercedes that aroused suspicion. Okay. okay. After stopping the car and speaking to the occupants, officers noticed an extremely small, a strong smell of cannabis. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hey, by the way, yeah. walk around Chicago, the whole city smells like I know. pot right now. I know. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be for the rest of our lives, yeah, probably. That's, I, I'm fine with it. It's a nice smell. Yeah. So they searched the car. Mm-hmm. And they didn't find anything, right? Um, but one of the... And so they're trying to converse with one of the suspects, and English was not their native language. So one of the suspects um, took out his phone, and to fully understand the officers... He wanted it. He opened up the phone to click on Google Translate. Okay. Okay. I guess, yeah. you know, I don't, really go, I don't think I've ever used Google Translate. I have. I use it all the time. So do you say something and then it translates yep. or is it? Okay. Uh, well, much to the suspect's horror or the guy who got stopped, he's not a suspect yet. He will be in about one sentence. <laughs> uh, a video immediately appeared on his screen, which showed a significant cannabis farm in operation with the suspect directing workers. Ah, okay. Hence the Mercedes. <laughs> the Sergeant Steve Passy of Northrumbia Police went on to say, when the video appeared, the suspect tried to divert our attention and lock his phone. Okay, so it doesn't say how he tried to divert the attention, yeah. but I'm thinking, hey, what's that in your ear? Is that a seagull? <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, what's on your shirt? Whoop. <laughs> Not only were there videos of the huge cannabis farm, it's Rick Astley. <laughs> yeah, right. Rick and Roll. Right. Um, not only were there videos of a huge cannabis operation, there were some four dozen other incriminating images yeah. on his phone. Uh-huh. Would you as, like to as know? As people do. Yeah. You want to know what some of those incriminating I would like to know, there? yes. There was a picture of the suspect smoking an absurdly long, bl- a large blunt. By the way, I think that's... A joint. The kids yeah. nowadays call yeah. it blunt. Uh-huh. Uh, wearing a fake nose and glasses mask. So I think he was doing the Groucho Marx well, thing. Well, you know it was him. <laughs> okay, good point. Good point. Uh, and another image showed the suspect with an, a, with an open suitcase full of cash. A picture <laughs> Again, of it. I'm, hence the Mercedes. <laughs> I'm going to put this on my phone. Uh um, oh, and um, but my favorite piece of incriminating circumstantial evidence, and of course this is circumstantial, mm-hmm. was the suspect's vanity license plate. Oh no, I do pot. <laughs> it's G R eight S T A S H. Great stash. <laughs> Great stash. Wow. Uh, and by the way, see, the- I think he does better with English than he thinks. <laughs> right? Exactly. How yeah. he was able to. Yeah. Um, by the way, did you know that in nineteen or twenty twenty one? Colorado, the state of Colorado, yeah. auctioned off pot-themed vanity plates and raised $50,000 for a drug rehab center. Oh, that's in nice. In 21. Yeah. Um, needless to say, the suspect has now been arrested and, um, <laughs> and he might think twice about <laughs> taking selfies with, with yeah. Mary Jane. The selfie always comes back and bites you. All right. I have a story that also involves uh, circumstantial evidence. Mm-hmm. Okay. On Christmas morning, little Scarlett D'Amato took a break from playing with her new toys, marched into the kitchen, returned with plastic bags, and started collecting evidence. A half-eaten Oreo and a pair of munched-on carrots she'd left for Santa and his reindeer the night before. Scarlett, a 10-year-old from Cumberland, Rhode Island, could see teeth marks in both, but neither she nor her parents could prove that the person who ate the cookie was Santa or that the reindeer were the ones that chomped on the baby carrots. Actually, I just love this story. Uh, so, she did what any 10-year-old would do. She sent the evidence she collected 
connected to the police <laughs> with a letter asking for them to check out the DNA. Dear Cumberland Police Department, I took a sample of the cookie and the carrots that I left for Santa and the reindeer on Christmas Eve and was wondering if you could take a sample of the DNA and see if Santa is real. <laughs> so... On January 18th, the chief wrote Scarlett a reply informing her that uh, he'd launched an investigation. So, you know, good, of good, course. good guy. Sure. Uh, into the pursuit of Santa's true identity. And to that end, he'd sent her DNA evidence to the state's forensic lab <laughs> uh, to the uh, for analysis. Well, you know what? He probably did it. It was like a $600,000 bill to <laughs> yeah, the taxpayers. That's probably true. Uh, so finally, she gets uh, something back. Interestingly, he said, there is a partial match to a 1947 case centered around the 34th Street in New York City. Oh, miracle. Uh -huh. oh. According to the lab's report. And on the carrots, they found DNA matching closely with Rangifer Tarendus reindeer. Oh. While our laboratory was able to apply the most current and technologically advanced methods in solving this case, we weren't able to definitively confirm or refute the presence of Santa at your home. We all agree that something magical may be at play. Oh. You know this kid, Scarlett? Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine what this kid's going to be like in high school? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's going to be, you know, oh my gosh. eat your broccoli. I need evidence. <laughs> well, here, listen to this. Scarlett was irritated by the lab <laughs> results, her mom said. She'd hoped they would be conclusive, giving her a definitive yes or no answer to the question of Santa's existence. Oh. Without it, Scarlett is already crafting the next steps in her investigation. All right. So yeah. this year. She plans to collect DNA samples from mom and dad <laughs> ahead of the holiday season. <laughs> and then she will compare those to the sample collected from the glass of milk she leaves on Christmas Eve. And for good measure, she's hoping to set up a camera and hopes to catch wow. whoever is doing this red-handed. So mom and dad have to come up <laughs> oh with God, an man. elaborate... You know, uh, I can tell you having a daughter sounds a little different than having a son. Well, you know, <laughs> we went through this to a certain degree because we had the we had the Jewish thing. Right. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. And, you know, it's very we did both. We did Christmas yeah. and, and Hanukkah. Uh, but we would I would constantly and Lila more than the twins. But Lila would constantly ask, well, like, well, you know, why is Santa coming to our house? Yeah. You know, we don't celebrate Christmas. And then I concocted these like these. Well, honey, you've got four. Wait a minute. Spoiler alert. Any little children, please stop listening. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, you know, I concoct. Well, because you have four Christian great grandparents, you are. Ah. What, so I created these Santa racial purity laws. Yeah, right. Basically. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, you know, luckily, honey, we're OK. But the glind bombs across the street, they're screwed. Now, we if we were in Nazi Germany, <laughs> Santa wouldn't be coming by at all. Well, to anybody, probably. But yeah, I mean, I remember having to like ugh. and the tooth fairy, too. Oh, my God. You know, it's like, well, I lost the tooth at 1130. How is she? How is she coming at? Yeah. At one, what kind of an alert system does <laughs> yeah, she have? Exactly. This is—is is this Amazon? I well, mean, have you ever? I mean, I ever told you the story about Sean with the tooth fairy. Mm. So he, we, uh, the tooth fairy at our house leaves one gold dollar. Oh, all right. Always left a gold dollar. Was it a gold dollar or a silver dollar? That is well, it, it was, was it was gold colored. You know, it like was the, the Sacagawea or it whatever. Was, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a dollar. Yes, it wasn't like a cougarand. No, no, <laughs> okay. no, God no. But anyway. I had a, uh, like seven of them yeah. on hand at any time because yeah. he was losing his teeth left and right. And uh, 
so finally uh, one day he came up to me and he uh, we were about to have dinner and he goes dad are all the banks closed i said yes he goes i just noticed that you don't have any more gold coins oh. and where you keep your gold coins i said yeah i think i ran out of them he goes Okay, good, because I lost a tooth today, and we're going to find out between today and tomorrow if there really is a tooth fairy, and if the if the uh, if the if the dollar is there tomorrow, I'm going to tell my friends I've got proof <laughs> yeah. because we've been discussing it. It was like he was like second grade. Well, the dollar came the next morning, oh. and he we were at the at the breakfast table, and he's like, Tommy, Johnny, I've got proof. There, you know, because Sean is our youngest. Yeah, yeah, I've got right, proof. Right. There's a hundred percent. For sure, there is a tooth fairy. And and Johnny goes, uh, you think maybe Dad just grabbed the, the dollar out of your wallet and put it back under there? <laughs> and Sean looked at me like, oh, I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> is that what you did? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, one of, one of our, I don't know if you remember this, this brainless scheme that we were going to do, which I think is kind of still kind of cool. That one of your get quick rich, yeah, get, get rich quick. Yeah, they never quick, did. Yeah. Well, that's earned income. Yeah, right. I mean, that's undeclared income. Yeah. So in the you know as far as the greater good with our tax system, that should be declared. It should be right. So I was thinking that what what parents could do is to prove that there's a tooth fairy. Get a website, uh-huh. and for 1995, let's say <laughs> you put the kid's name, what the tooth, and I would send them. A W tooth, not a W two, yeah, but a W tooth for tax purposes. Another free million dollar idea. <laughs> exactly. I thought, and yeah. Yeah, I never did it. No. Hey, I got a review from uh, Potentium. That's just their name, Potentium. Okay. Uh, on Apple, Minutia Man is great production and storytelling skills. Oh. Engaging with good personalities. So there you go. I couldn't agree We're more. Storytellers. I couldn't agree more. You can rate us. You can review us. You can follow us if you like uh, Minutia Men. Check out some of the other programs on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network and pick out your favorite new show at opishows.com. Remember, opi is hippo backwards. Opihshows.com. I, I remember one more thing with the Santa thing. Yeah. So Lila, once, who's our oldest, ended up. Um, uh, Writing a letter to Santa. Yes, that is your phone. Yeah, right. I was yeah. making sure that it was off because Tony doesn't like it when we Yeah, no, I don't. Um, so she wrote like a letter to Santa that she put out at where the milk and cookies were asking for proof. Yeah. Right. So I see the letter and I um, and I don't remember what the letter said, but it's basically, yeah, give me proof. You know, yeah. I need I need hard facts. Here. Right. And I drew little reindeer prints I took a pencil and drew little reindeer prints on his on her letter, yeah. and I put like glitter on it, right? Uh-huh. And I put and I put the letter under her pillow. Another thing, completely unrelated. Yeah, kids, young kids. Mm-hmm. How do they sleep so soundly? <laughs> no, Wouldn't that be great I, if you? If I've you never slept? had a problem once <laughs> no. delivering the money. Right. So she gets up the next morning, letter, and she goes in her room. She goes, "Okay, which one of you did this?" Oh, so she. Did, I mean, I, I, she goes. These footprints look like they're in pencil. Right, <laughs> exactly. Santa is a much better drawer, forger than, than you are. <laughs> All right. Anyway, it's time for another feature. We call this one. Time now for studio walls. And the words of the prophets were written on the studio walls. Wicked days. 
So I will warn you, you might get whiplash uh, going from the cute stories of parenting that we were just talking about to our studio wall segment this week, because uh, this week is Maitland Ward's birthday. And Maitland Ward has been on our show. You may remember her from uh, Boy Meets Mm -hmm. World. Uh, She was uh, on a soap opera, The Bold and the Beautiful. Um, She's been in mainstream films. Um, But if you look her up now. Career change. Career change. I mean, it's still in the acting (laughs) genre. She's expanding in different. Um, She's now uh, an adult film star, as we we call it. And we were wondering how she made that transition Mm -hmm. from one thing to the other. And so this is that portion of the interview. Uh, I'm not going to take it the whole way, um, but I've got something to tell you about this interview after we play this. Here we go. So did you know somebody in the industry beforehand? Is it? uh, No, I, I started, my fans were, uh, when I was getting kicked off, they kept saying, you know, why don't you sell your own content? And I was thinking of doing like, cause I was really into cosplay and doing uh, maybe like sexy cosplay photos and playboy esque type things. And so I was like, okay, I didn't think anybody would really, I mean, I didn't know if anybody would buy it, but you know, I could have some freedom with it. So I started a Patreon account which is where, you know, patrons sure. of you will buy anywhere. Mine was like anywhere from 15 to $300 a month for stuff. And I thought, oh, who, who cares about it? I started it one night, forgot about it. And then the next morning I had like 20 people subscribed. And then I was like, whoa, whoa. I didn't even mention it. Wow. And then by the week's end, I had like 2,800 people. And it was it just took off from there. And that's really where my adult-themed career started because I was – You know, I really was using this platform as really my own authentic journey, finding out what I wanted to do and how I love to sexually perform. And so I was, before I started in professional filmed porn, I was doing my own sexual content that, that, you know, amped up and up for like a year and a half. So I was, I, I didn't have to go into porn. I was making a ton of money on, on my content. And so, but I was thinking about, you know, I, I really would love to have, you know, something really professional. I wanted to do something, you know, that had a high production value. And I, I always had a dream as I was doing this that I'd have something where I could really act and, and it would be a well-written script and then it could have hot sex. And I just love that whole idea. And I did a scene for Vixen for Blacks that bl- broke the internet. Literally, mm. their website was down for like a half hour when it came out. Wow. Um, but it wasn't, I didn't announce it to the press or anything. It was just this viral thing that happened. But at the same time, that same day it came out, uh, they were launching another website called deeper.com with Caden Cross, who is an amazing performer in her own right and won tons of director of the year awards. And is, she was doing like totally different things, fully scripted things, art films with porn in them. And, um, so she happened to lose her co-lead actress for the big feature they were doing for the year, the big feature film. And so she, she thought she was not going to be able to do it. So she went and said, I, I don't know what to do. And then they at Vixen who owns all the brands um, told her, well, why don't you talk to Maitland? She's an actress. She just broke, <laughs> broke our website. <laughs> Go for it. And I really fell into it. I, I got a script from her and it was a full script with a story. And uh, it was it was just amazing. I had more dialogue than I had in mainstream television. Wow. I um, And I was able to do that. And that really, that's what took off. That's the thing that broke, that, um, you know, beat Bernie Sanders' heart attack on the Google searches when that came out. <laughs> <laughs> it Literally. Might have, it might have caused Bernie's heart attack. I know. That's... Yeah. <laughs> 
That's yeah. our little Maitland Ward segment. You know, our Patreon account? Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> uh, later on in the interview, if you want to check out, it's an episode 111. Um, she tells us about a profession we didn't realize uh, <laughs> that existed. That's yeah. lube guy. Yeah, yep, which, <laughs> lube guy. And I've sent countless resumes and and uh, sit, uh, it's uh, harder to get those jobs yeah, than yeah, you, think. you would think, right? It's Come like on. if you know that there is such a thing as a lube guy, you'd think that that would give you the head, uh, the heads up. No, yeah, it, no, it no, would not. No, no. All right, we have more show for you. What else you got? Uh, this story comes out of New York State. Uh, it's kind of, this is kind of like the Santa story. It's heartwarming. Mothers and daughters, yeah. fathers and daughters. Sort of. Mother sneaks into high school dressed as a student to watch her daughter fight. <laughs> the mother of a high school student has been arrested for allegedly sneaking into a school dressed as a student so she could watch her daughter fight with another student. Jesus. You know, I wonder, I, I wonder if she was wearing the, the the fake glasses and nose, you know, mask like the, the other guy did. Uh, Who's that 60-year-old woman? <laughs> yeah. uh, the incident took place in Dutchess County. Uh, in New York, New York State at Arlington High School on January 17th. Immediately following the altercation, it was discovered that the mother of one of the students involved in the fight was in the building without prior authorization, yeah. said Captain uh, John Watterson. She entered, like I said, she entered the building and the, you know how the, all the students come sure. in the building? She just sure. kind of puts her backpack. She probably had that angsty look yeah you know that uh this uh, is uh, maybe a little kitty backpack <laughs> you know. uh she's actually 33 oh. her name is valerie albello so she's pretty young yeah. obviously so 33 yeah you when we probably, were 33 right. we could have done i it. got a feeling a rick and dave are not going to be able to sneak into <laughs> not anymore uh, right uh, but when we were 33 it would have right. been no problem at all well, with me now i'd be like who's that kid with cancer <laughs> <laughs> right yeah uh so she was arrested on january 22nd for criminal trespassing blah 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 um now let me ask you did you have any schoolyard fights back in your youth um, I did. I, I think I had one uh, that was more of a pushy, uh, pushing fight, okay. but no punches were exchanged. Really? So yeah. you had no, so no, never, never. I have. And you might want to f- fire up that I told this story before, because I'm reasonably <laughs> sure I've mentioned Stuart Coy on the podcast. That's before. okay. That's all right. Uh, so my last fight, yeah. sanctioned fight was eighth grade. Okay. Okay. And it was with this kid named Stuart Coy. Okay. And I'm not going to lie. I've looked him up. Yeah. I want to make sure he's far away from me, yeah. you know, that he doesn't live Where in the Where does he live now? Any I don't, idea? It's yeah. been a while since okay. I looked him up, but it was it was out of the harm's way. Right. I was fine. Yeah. So, and this is maybe the most humiliating part about it is it was about a swing. Oh, <laughs> I, yeah. was, I was in eighth grade. And I don't really remember the circumstances. He pushed you off the swing? No, <laughs> no I think it was something... It was like my turn to get on. I don't know. I, I, I know. While all my other friends are making out in the, in yeah. the, in the you know, in the schoolyard, I'm worried about a swing. Okay. Not my finest moment. Um, second of all, I totally lost the fight. Yeah. Just, well, that goes without saying. Stu- I mean, and yeah. It wasn't like Stuart Coley was. Sam of the year. Yeah. It wasn't like Stuart. That was exactly around that period yeah. of time. Um, but thirdly, you know how last week we we talked about the guy who parents were ashamed of him for putting his hands yeah. in his pocket yeah. during the presser my parents would have been 
totally embarrassed with my fighting skills. Oh, it would have just been, you know, yeah. oh, David, your, your block's like this. Yeah. You know? um, so yeah. I would have brought great shame to my family. Yeah, because I'm sure Helga, Fritz was a big fighter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. Helga probably could have mixed it up. Well, I've uh, told you, I've told you this story. I don't think I've told it on the podcast, but do you remember? Peter Reinhardt? No. No, the day that uh, Johnny came home from school. Oh, so Johnny came so. home from school and said, hey, dad, I got to do my homework quickly because I got to fight it four o'clock like a what it's right here on the google yeah. ca- it's on the family google right. calendar i just gotta finish the homework right, i gotta right. fight at school right. at four o'clock i'm like well you know you're not right but you can't you can't do that you can't be the one that stops the kid from going to the fight because he's then that, a, right 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 so i didn't really he's know some of the year hypothetically right, right. I was watching my life flash before my. I was watching your <laughs> life flash before my. Oh, that eyes. was the thirty-seven voicemails I didn't pick up that day. Yeah. So we went. I went with Johnny to the fight site. Okay. Um, but I didn't. Uh, he didn't let the other kids see me because you know how when fights are scheduled like that. Oh, it should have. A there's big a crowd. crowd, right? Exactly. There was a crowd waiting yeah. for it. And Johnny, and Johnny was half the size of this other yeah. kid. I This other kid was large. Normal. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Johnny was a shrimp. Yeah. And and Johnny walks in and, and says hi to all the guys. <laughs> Bill, and, Sam. Right. And the other kid didn't show. Really? So, so Johnny got the cred, the street uh-huh. cred of being brave right. without having to get beat up. Did you think about like... What would have happened if the fight would have... What would you have done? Well, I, I would never let the fight happen. Okay. Right. Um, but I didn't really know what to do. You would have been do. beaten up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, kid, come on. <laughs> Please. I've envisioning Joe Pesci and De Niro just kicking you in the stomach. All right. Well, I have a story for you. Um, you know, and Stuart Coy, if you're listening. Hey, man. It's cool. Yeah. Everything's cool. He told me before we started huh? taping that he could take you. That if you if you if you guys ran into each other somewhere, Stuart Coy, he said to me that there's no way I can't beat the crap out of him what? right now. Yeah, remember? What, what, when was that? Is he around here? Right. Is... You know my biggest fear. What's my biggest fear, Dave? Dying an embarrassing death. Dying an embarrassing death. So let's listen to this story. A man died after being crushed by a hydraulic telescopic urinal in central London, England, while he was working on the device, the BBC reported. Now, uh, that kind of a toilet, it's a pop-up toilet. They're stored underground during the day. They're raised to street level at night for the homeless people Mm -hmm. so they have someplace they can pee. And what happened was uh, it wasn't working correctly, so he went out there, he fixed it, and as he was fixing it, he was crushed Ugh. to death mm. by a urinal. Would you like to know a little bit more about this man? <laughs> sure. Uh, well, I can't tell you anything more about him because for the rest of his life, the only thing he will <laughs> ever be talked about is, isn't he the guy that got the crushed by a portable urinal. toilet? Yeah, yeah. Not fair. I yeah, understand no. it's right. not fair, right. Right. but it's reality. And for the rest of eternity, yeah. the only thing that this man will be known for is that he was crushed by a toilet. And that's not right. Didn't he give that kidney to that? that, (laughs) It doesn't matter. That Santa girl? It doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is that's, and that's why it's one of my biggest fears. It's time for another feature. 
A random name pulled out of Rurik's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. So this is the part of the show where we uh, tell celebrity stories. And this is the first one, Dave, that comes from my own neighborhood. Oh. (coughs) Mount Prospect? Yeah. Yeah. In fact, it was somebody that I saw on the street and he sent me an email afterwards. Here it is. It's from Jim O. Mm-hmm. Uh, great seeing you on the street the other day shoveling. Mm-hmm. I just wanted a, I wanted that in there because I was, in fact, shoveling. Uh, okay. Not, Not the, the record show. I did it myself. I've walked by your house a hundred times and never realized that you lived there. Here's a little tidbit for your podcast. Did you know that a famous person lived on your street in the 1970s? Hmm. About four houses down from you and across the street... One of the Chicago Cubs lived there. Hmm. Remember Rick Russell? His brother Paul, who was also a Cub, lived on your street. Wow. Also, one of the early lottery winners lived on your street, but I'm not sure which house. Well, you knew that because that was your neighbor, right? No, it was this house. It was Your house was a lottery My house. house. Yeah. Oh. <clears throat> yeah, it was a lottery. That's why I don't buy lottery tickets. Because, because this is the one won. that won. It's right. already happened. Why? So Paul Russell lived on this street. Paul Russell, for those of you who don't know Paul Russell, try yeah. to look at a picture of Paul Russell. Uh, <laughs> the man was not fit. Okay? He was a little... He was about 270. He was a little doughy. <laughs> but he was able... And well, he wore glasses. Yeah, he and, was just yeah. this... Um, and his brother, Rick, who... Yeah. He, did he win the Cy Young one year? Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I don't know if he won the Cy Young, but he won 20 games. Yeah, yeah um, he was a great pitcher. He was not fit either. No. <laughs> the no. Russells did not. <laughs> no. They liked their carbohydrates. If you, saw, if you saw them on the street, you go, oh, that guy runs a hardware store <laughs> right, right, or, or something like or that. That guy's yeah. diabetic because, yeah. yeah, they did not look healthy at all. Which is perfect for my street. <laughs> yeah, right. So thank you, Jim, for letting me know that. I had heard that once before, um, but I had not gotten the... Uh, exact house so now now, uh, now i know exactly what house uh so that's uh that's it for this week Mm -hmm. our 301st episode in the books um once again our apologies to the rick and dave dancers yeah our apologies to the marching band we'll do it at 500 god willing well how about 400 sure yeah we may we may never make it to 500 you don't think so or 400 for that matter but Okay. I need right. a little. Uh, I need something to look forward to. It okay. Age, so we'll, we'll do it. Uh, special thanks to our executive producer Tony Lasano with OpaiShows.com, mm-hmm. who has now been an executive producer of three hundred and one uh, episodes. Three hundred and one. Yeah. Yeah. Opai is hippo backwards. O p p i h shows dot com. How many of the celebrity interviews have we done? We, I think we're at one hundred and twenty. Oh. Yeah. And I've done almost 200 of the Free Kicks episodes, too. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and we still don't have a key to the executive bathroom <laughs> at the Radio Nothing. Misfits uh, Network. And we're distributed by Ed Silla with Radio Misfits. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. And we'll be back again next week with a brand new episode of Minutia Men. The preceding was a presentation of Opie Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opie Productions. Tony, can you shut up?